Today's podcast is sponsored by one of our favorite products, Almond Cow. We've been using it for well over a year, and I say we, mostly my husband, Mark, who is mooing. Honey, what are your thoughts about Almond Cow? <laughs> this is the moo man. He's back. <laughs> I love the Almond Cow because we know how great it is. Anything that you could, can make a plant-based milk with, you're set. And I just have it. I don't need to make make that much. It's just sitting in the pantry. And then when we're ready, I just make it. It takes a minute. Is it, it tastes so good. It tastes so good. And for those of you who are thinking about it, let me tell you why. There, there are no added preservatives, any kind of artificial stuff. You put in it what you want. You can sweeten it to your taste. It is so easy to make, so easy to clean up. And it's pure gold. It really is. And they give you a lot of recipes on the Almond Cow website. You have the recipe, so you don't have to think, you don't have to go anywhere to find it. It's there for you. Yes, we love it so much. So if you're interested in getting your own, go check out the link or just go to their site, almondcow.co, and you can use code Lara, L-A-R-A, for extra savings. Go get yourself one and have fun. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Friday with Friends. Today I have an old friend, Denise Ranieri. She is a former educator with a master's in English lit and writing, turned business coach helping other soul-led entrepreneurs, meaning fitness coaches, yoga teachers, wellness practitioners, all create one-of-a-kind offerings. I first met Denise when she came to my studio, my yoga stream studio, the brick and mortar. She would show up for a 545 class, having driven 45 minutes to an hour away, and then would take the class and go home. She has three kids, and then she would be a full-time school teacher. Well, she left teaching and rocked has rocked her own business, and she's helping others. She's so passionate about helping other wellness entrepreneurs build real wealth, lead movements, and create legacies while living a lifestyle that makes them feel very fulfilled. I cannot wait for you to listen to all the wonderful wisdom nuggets that are practical and inspiring that she provides on today's podcast. So please enjoy my talk with Denise. Welcome, Denise. I'm so happy to have you on here. Uh, I said in the intro how we met years ago when you came to my studio, and, and now you're this business lifestyle coach using your yoga background, your education, all of it. So I just want to start from the beginning. Welcome and tell us just your history of how you got to where you are today. Okay. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I've been uh, just a, a student of yours and a fan and just um, it's really like full circle to be to be on the podcast. And yes, we did meet years ago when I came to your physical space. I feel very lucky that I was able to practice with you in person. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but I actually would drive from where I live to where the studio was. And it was a good 45 minute drive. And I would take the 5.30 a.m. class because that's how uh, that's how good the yoga was. <laughs> I learned I, so much. I remember. <laughs> I remember that. I remember when you told me the first time you told me, I was like, what? Because you had to get back and go and teach school. And I thought, yeah. 
This yep. is a commitment. Well, I'm very yeah. honored that you got yeah. up early and did that with me. And we were able yeah. to do that in person. I know. I miss the studio yeah. too. Yeah. And um, I'm glad we've been able to still be in touch. And yeah, so my yoga journey starts with, I, it sounds very cliche, but in a gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I had been in a car accident when I was 18. And the doctor said, you know, you have bulging discs and I in your back and your neck and we're not doing surgery. You're too young. But work out and keep your muscles strong and, and increase flexibility and you won't have problems when you get older. Start start now. And it really just stuck with me, like how persistent he was about that. What and, a smart doctor. Let's just give him a hand. Wow. Right? Yeah. I mean, I was 18. I'm 41 now. And I mean, that I don't think that was something a lot of doctors said back then, but that's what he told me. And it really stuck. It stuck with me. So I started working out in a gym and there was a gentleman at the desk who um, was very persistent in telling me, go take yoga. You're young. You'll like the yoga. And I'm like, I'm not doing yoga. What are you talking about? You know, (laughs) like, I don't even Uh, know what that is. But he was so persistent. I was like, I'm just going to shut. His name is Marcus. I'm just going to shut Marcus up. I'm just going to go take the yoga class, tell him I didn't like it. And he'll leave me alone. I go take the class. And I was like, that was good. And the woman taught Pilates. So I used to take her yoga and Pilates class and I just fell in love. So that's kind of where I got my first taste of yoga. When I got married, I moved to Jersey. Um, the, the gym I was at didn't have yoga. So I went on my hunt for like a yoga studio. And that opened up a whole nother door of yoga because there was so much more that they were talking about in terms of the philosophy and the spirituality and the energetics and um, it really just piqued my my curiosity and I wanted to learn more. So I signed up for my first yoga teacher training in 2000, what was it? 2011. Yeah, 2011. Had to think about that one. <laughs> 2011. <laughs> so I've been teaching for 12 years and I, uh, I love it. I found so much correlation between what I was doing as a, uh, a New York City educator. I was a teacher and a, an adjunct professor. And I worked with at-risk kids and tried to help them, you know, all graduate, get a diploma. And what I was doing in my yoga classes, there was so much around the mindset piece and building resiliency. It just, I think it made me a better teacher and educator. Um, And I just loved the physical aspects too, like keeping my body healthy, keeping my mind strong. And I wanted to do it full time. But I had all of these limiting thoughts around, you know, can you make a full-time living as a yoga teacher? Is the only way to do that having a studio or traveling around the world? And at the time, you know, I had babies. I had three little ones. And I wasn't up for traveling around the world with them or without them. Um, And I just didn't, I wasn't sure if having a studio was right for me. And I had all these thoughts, too, about leaving a you know, a city job, leaving the quote unquote secure job. Well, fast forward a couple of years, I just couldn't ignore it anymore. Like the passion was there. And I, I had this thought, I said, what if I, what if I end up making what I'm making in my, in my nine to five? What if I make more? What if I create my own security? And I don't keep thinking that the security is in the job, but the security is actually within myself. And I just, that one little epiphany I had one day, it kind of shifted everything. And I started looking at my business differently. I stopped calling it a side business um, because I was, you know, I had yoga privates. I did a lot of the yoga teacher stuff, studio to studio, privates, workshops. Um, And I just started looking at my workshops differently and my yoga privates and how I price things and 
how I started packaging things. It just made me really reevaluate. I'm like, this is a business. How do I want to make this decision around what I'm offering my clients? And then I launched a yoga teacher mentorship because um, I was on a couple of faculties for 200, 300 hours. And I noticed so many students, you know, they would go from the 200 right into the 300 hour and not, not teach where they would take the 200 hour. And I'd see them a year later and ask them, how's it going? Oh, I'm not teaching yet. And I got really curious, like, why? What's going on? So I realized they need mentorship. Like, they're even if they go into a 300 hour, if they didn't teach yet and get themselves into a studio or in a place where they were teaching people, there's probably some confidence or there's some other areas that they feel like they might need some support. So I created this mentorship. It took off. And uh, I was very fortunate because at the time, I built a majority of my business in person. I wasn't online. Again, I wasn't thinking like a business owner. I was just, oh, I just do this thing. But the year before uh, the pandemic, I decided, you know what? It's a business. I'm going online. It was a hot mess. If you guys scroll back, you can see it was very imperfect action. <laughs> but I was lucky I had already started to build that platform. So I had transitioned online. And in that mentorship, a lot of the yoga teachers were very interested in how I was doing it. Like the question I got all the time was like, how are you doing it all? You're a mom, you have a full-time job and you have a business and you're making decent money for it to be a, a yoga side hustle. Um, and I just started kind of giving business advice and business coaching. So it wasn't formally business coaching like what I'm doing now, but that's really how I got here. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's how I got here. It, yeah. So as so many people do, especially if they don't really think of themselves as entrepreneurs like myself, you you basically saw a gap, a need. And um, I think that's what's so uh, this is what people don't realize is if you, there's there's lots of these gaps. Right. You just yeah. listen enough. You you work with enough people and there's like usually a thread line. So what would you say that thread line is that people um, were looking for? Was it the, that they wanted to leave a job and just do um, yoga and didn't know the business aspect, like the literal running of it, didn't know how to charge? Like what, what was the kind of common thread that you saw? I think the common thread that kept coming through in that in that mentorship in those early days was, yeah, they, they all had full-time jobs or they might've been stay-at-home moms, which is a full-time job. And they wanted to have a business, but there wasn't a lot of education out there or other than, oh, well, you have to have a studio. And I didn't have a studio. I wasn't, you know, I was going to other people's studios, but I had my own private practice, essentially, that, you know, I had space in my home. I went to other people's homes. I figured out a way to make, you know, to make good money never having a studio. And I think that was kind of the through line was, well, if she could do it, and she's got a full-time job and she's a mom of three, right? It was like the excuse you could give yourself of, oh, well, I'm a mom, I have kids, I, I have a full-time job, I can't work on it. Like they, you couldn't see that in me because I didn't use those as, as excuses. Mm. And I think that was really the through line was they had this deep yearning desire to create something for themselves. That was something they were deeply passionate about and then going to work every day and okay, maybe they like their job, but just knowing kind of like myself that there's this other thing that this nudge is not going away. And, you know, we don't have to wait till we retire to like finally give into the passion. Um, so I would think that was that initial through line. What I'm, what I see now though, with a lot of my people is some of them are like in their business full time. They just want to be 
out of the studio hustle, you know, going from studio to studio to studio, because, you know, you can't make, you know, 50,000, 100,000 in one studio, right? Like I would even say it's hard to teach public this period and make, you're going to be burning out, but there's other ways to do it. And a lot of my clients are coming to me now trying to figure out how can they make a living from this work that they, that they love so much without sacrificing their own practices, their own wellness. Yeah. And for those that are listening who, um, because I know we have yoga teachers or even people in the fitness space, wellness space, because I think it's pretty applicable. Uh What are some of the initial tips you give to people? I agree with you that 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 whole like going from studio to studio is going to be energy zapping and is really not going to be allow you to be as financially solvent as you'd like to be because you're kind of wasting a lot of time in the travel but also there's there's a cap. There's only so much you can make as a as an instructor at a studio. So what are some of the initial suggestions you give people? One of the first tips is really a mindset shift that I tell everybody is you're not an employee. You're a contractor. And I think that's a very nice little shift to make because when you're an employee, you think, oh, this is just where I work. This is just what I do. But when you're a contractor, it's like, no, this is your business. Start thinking about yourself as a business owner right now. And you're getting contracted to teach that class. But that studio, if if you get sick, they're not giving you sick time, right? When the pandemic happened, that should have been a big eye opener that you can't rely on. Your livelihood can't be like tied up into someone else's business. You have to take responsibility for it. And so that's one of the first things I, I tell everybody. And I work with other wellness owners too, you know, chiropractors that work in wellness centers, acupuncturists, massage therapists, is you want to start thinking about yourself, even if you work for someone else, but you're you're still a business owner right now and you have to take responsibility for your livelihood. Because in the event that that place shuts down or if we have another shutdown, you have to be able to have your own clientele, your own email list, your own following, um, your own methodology of working with people that can transition online. One of the Another tip that I'll give someone is don't put all your eggs in one basket. So work, know how to work with people in person, know how to work with people online. You'll protect your business. You'll protect yourself when you're able to do both. Um, so those are probably my two like biggest, biggest tips for someone who's considering it is start thinking of yourself as an independent contractor who already has a business because you'll make decisions very differently that way. You, ha- you, know, you have to kind of get out of the studio a little bit. Um, and don't put your eggs all in one basket. Have a hybrid business. Be able to work with people in person. Figure out a way to work with them online. So it sounds like you are a life coach. And, and, as, and with that, there's business advice. What was your background? Is it, I mean, obviously education, I think, really helped. Mm-hmm. Having a, an educational background can help because there's, there's problem solving, there's critical thinking, there's organization, all of the kind of pillars of business. But did you have any kind of business or did you need to get more skills or was this just kind of something that you knew about from your lifestyle? Um, I think there's a little bit of my expertise and my experience that rolls into how I work with my clients. So one of the things that I very much impress upon my clients is if you want to have longevity in the business, one, to your point, what you said earlier is you have to find a gap in the market. 
what's the thing that kind of separates you from someone else? And a lot of times a great a great tip is like, what are people asking you about all the time? What do they already naturally see you as uh, an authority on? That's like a clue that people already see you in a certain light. So you probably, it's like low-hanging fruit. <laughs> that mm-hmm. might be a great place for you to kind of niche into. But the thing that's going to have keep you with longevity is client results. That's a super, super important thing that, you know, I'm very immersed in the coaching industry. And sometimes you hear about people getting lackluster results. So, you know, I'm very much results and client satisfaction where they have an epic experience with you. They're getting great results. That's so important. The way that you do that is when your program is top notch. So if you are working with people one-on-one, you still have a curriculum, if you will, a process that you're working with your clients on. Um, If you decide to launch a group program, then you need curriculum, something that can really carry the weight of what you're teaching your your students. And as an adjunct professor and educator for 17 years, I write curriculum in my sleep. (laughs) So that's something I help my clients with tremendously is creating really group programs as well. As a teacher, you know, when you have a group of people in a room, it's there's a lot of management, if you will, Cla- you know, personality mm-hmm. management, classroom management, making sure that everybody is getting what they need. So that's kind of where my expertise comes in, in terms of helping people create groups, is helping them create, you know, their own unique methodology, the curriculum that they're actually going to teach their clients and work with their clients in. Uh, another area, another way that this kind of came full circle for me is the last seven years of my classroom time, I was teaching rhetoric, um, which is the art of persuasion. So when it comes to crafting a message and having a message that helps you stand out and how to really, you know, move people and get them behind you in your movement and your ideas and what you really are a stand for, it's just something I've been teaching for seven years. So it came very natural to me. I actually didn't notice for myself that this, that I took so much of my former life and bridged it into my, you know, into the business coaching I do now. And I think that is another tip that I know this is something you did as well is we don't have to take our former life and throw it all out. There's a tremendous value, especially if you're still in a nine to five and thinking about making that transition. Or even if you're not, you went to school and you studied something and now you may not be using that degree. You don't have to throw all of it out. I bet there's tremendous value in taking not everything, but components of what you did before and leveraging that in your business. Um, you know, a lot of times when people want to make that shift from their nine to five into their own business, they want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I'm like, no, there were skills that you had. There were things that you became good at that you could use inside your business. And how can we create, um, how can we create a program? How can we create an offer where you're leveraging your former, your former career? So I'll give you an example. I have a client who was a social worker and became a yoga teacher. And in her social work days, she worked very much with families and and moms and young children. And uh, when she became a yoga teacher, she left her nine to five and she wrote a book for ch- a children's book. So she's a published author. And when she came to me, she was working a lot in children's yoga, mommy and me yoga. But she says, I really see there's nothing for moms. She's like, I want to yeah. create something for especially new moms. And that transition is so hard. And I thought like a group program would actually be really great for them because, you know, new moms it's sometimes lonely and so that's what we're working on creating a very unique curriculum where she's blending yoga and breath work and meditation um and fostering community with new moms but she's using so much of her social work background inside this program 
Um, so it's really coming full circle for her. So that's a great example of somebody that that's kind of following the, my philosophy. Hi, friends. I'm reminding you we have an upcoming Lit Europe tour, and we would love for you to join us. Whether you live in Europe or not, get on to these workshops. Maybe travel with us and go from one place to another. I mean, we're going to Paris. We're going to Frankfurt, Germany. Then we're heading to Salzburg, Austria. We're going to have the best time, and we would love to see you. There's nothing like an in-person workshop experience to fine-tune your movement, get some real educational nuggets for better movement on and off the mat. And by the way, we have the best time together. We would love to give you a hug and help you move your best and feel your best. So join us in Europe this summer. Check out the show notes for all the details. And so with her, do you literally go kind of through developing a curriculum or do you give her guidance and kind of the freedom to do what she feels, you know, would would be the right path? Oh, yeah, for sure. This is something where, you know, this is where the art of coaching comes in and a different consultant would come in and be like, do X, Y, Z. Right. As a coach, I don't tell them specifically what to put inside their curriculum. I help tease out their genius. I know how to ask the right you have ask the right question. Um, And, you know, I do have a process. I teach them a process on, you know, this is what it means to have curriculum. And this is how, you know, you can have pillars. And then within those pillars, there's lessons that you're going to want to teach. And I teach them how to edit because sometimes people put too much in there. (laughs) You want to edit that down. And, um, you know, if they're going to, if, if it is something that needs to be taught chronologically, what makes sense? And then to also account for the different personalities you're going to have. You're going to have people who are auditory, people who are visual, people who are more kinesthetic. So it's it's part, there's a process that I teach. There's a philosophy that I teach. But ultimately, my goal is for my clients to really feel like this is a program that reflects them and their unique genius, not mine. Mm, I love that. So do you work one-on-one? Do you have small groups? What are the ways that you like to work the best? And, and what is the kind of average um, time that you spend with a client? So people work can work with me one-on-one or in group. One of uh, I have a mastermind, Soulful and Sold Out Six Figures, and that's a six-month group program. And I love that because it's group. And if anything, wellnesspreneurs, you know, we love a good, we love a good community. <laughs> so it's really great to be in community with other people, especially with entrepreneurship um, and women. Um, it, it's nice to have other women that you can bounce ideas off of if you're having, you know, th- we ride the wave in entrepreneurship, right? Not everything is, you know, rainbows and daisies. And it's nice to have a community to fall back on when you are having one of those days or when you're having a celebration and you're like, hey, I just, you know, sold out my launch and I got 10 people in my program and you want to celebrate that. It's great to have community for that reason. Um, a lot of the times my one-on-one is for someone who might be a little bit further along in their business or they own a brick and mortar. So I do work with yoga studio owners or wellness boutique owners as well. Um, but most of my clients, all of my contracts are six months. That's the minimum you can work with me. But I want, I have like an 80% renewal rate. And I think that's because a lot of people, we make so much traction in the first six months and then there's like kind of, oh, but then there's this next set of goals or the next you know, level of what they want to create for themselves. So they they usually end up renewing and staying with me for about a year. Some people renewed three times. So it's really up to the client. Yeah. So tell us about this mastermind program. What is what does it involve? What do you get when you sign up? Like what is the kind of, um, you know, the 
mission statement, I guess. So Soulful and Sold Out Six Figures is for, it's for wellness entrepreneurs. So coaches, yoga teachers, um, I have a massage therapist in there. I've had therapists that have come through that want to create coaching programs um, or yoga programs. And so essentially it's for people who want to make six figures in their business. And my main philosophy is that you can do it through creating programs that are over delivering to your clients, how I teach them how to market. So not only how to create programs and by programs, I mean one-on-one packages, retreats. If you're doing a group program, you'll learn how to make, how to create them and structure them as well. Workshops and then how to market it. That's the next piece. Once you have your, your program, your offers, you have to know how to market it. So I teach my clients not only how to market and where to market and create a marketing plan that makes sense for them, but also how to communicate the value of their work. Uh, that's a that's a big gap I've seen, especially in our community is we're so passionate about our work and we are good at what we do. And we, lo- you know, love yoga, love fitness, love, you know, holistic wellness and Ayurvedic practices. And we're so passionate. But if you don't know how to communicate the value of what you're what you're selling, it's going to fall flat. And the thing is, we know how how powerful it is, but sometimes we're using language that doesn't really land with the average person. So I teach them how to actually communicate the value of their offer as well and how to sell, how to sell in an ethical way that feels really good to you and your nervous system, as well as, you know, a really empowered decision for your client to move forward. Um, I'll give you a quick story about selling, because when I first started, I was like, oh, somebody's asking me for yoga private. Of course, they're going to say yes. And I got a lot of no's. And I was just like baffled. I'm like, but you, you, you called me and here's the price. And what I realized was I was like relying on yoga itself to sell, to sell itself versus they had results in mind that they wanted. They had goals that they wanted. And I wasn't speaking to that. So I, I realized at some point, oh, like it's not just yoga, like it's the benefits that I have to sell. It's the results of that that I have to sell. And that, so that's something that I work with my clients on. I teach them how to have those conversations um, because a lot of people, what they try to do is like close a client in an email or in the DMs. And really what you want to do is you want to have a real conversation with them so you understand what they're looking for, make sure it's a match for you and them. Um, and then present them with a plan <laughs> for that. Yeah. So I, I have a whole process that I teach my clients as well. Um, yeah, so that's basically what we do inside my program. It's six months. We have weekly coaching calls. Um, on those calls, you can ask me anything um, from business stuff to strategy, mindset. I also, because my background is wellness, sometimes we do some wellness practices. I teach breath work in there and nervous system regulation because you know, we're humans. We're going to get triggered from time to time. So it's part of my program as well. I call it taking care of the CEO. <laughs> mm, um, I love it. Yeah. And um, what else? I'm trying to think. Uh, we have a private Facebook group. So in between our weekly calls, you can ask for coaching in there. You can ask any question in there. If you're if you're creating a program and you're getting stuck on something, you just pop it right in the Facebook group. Myself, my team, uh, your your peers will answer and will offer coaching. I encourage um my, my clients to peer coach and collaborate with one another. So you really are getting that community aspect. Um, and there's an on-demand uh, video uh, modules as well. So I have a whole course in the back end. You have access to it 24-7. So I really try to create, uh, if you will, 
a cutting edge university level curriculum for my clients so that it feels like there's no stone unturned. They have support every step of the way. And the best part, it's not just a it's not just a course um, that they can go through by themselves, like like they have to go through by themselves. They have human beings that are also going through it at the same time and they have somebody that they can ask questions and get coaching from. I love that. How much would you say um you've been doing this a few years now it sounds like mm-hmm. um how much have you how much do you notice uh that things change uh, meaning like marketing strategy changes oh. or languaging um and how do you respond to that? Oh man, of course things change. Things change. Yes, they do. Um yeah, I think that one of the things that I've responded to most recently that will never change is word of mouth marketing. Amen. Yes. Yes. Word yes. of mouth marketing, yeah. guys. If everyone wants so to powerful. talk about it yeah. is the most powerful form of marketing. I'm glad you're with me on it because oh my gosh. sometimes I say it and people are like, what? I'm like, and you have control over word of mouth. I think people think it's out of their control and it's not. It's actually within your control. Word of mouth marketing is the most powerful form of marketing. It literally stands the test of time. It doesn't matter if your social platform goes away tomorrow or if your account gets shut down. Um, it's if if the world shuts down, it doesn't matter if you can't go to the local studios. Word of mouth marketing to me is a timeless way to market your business. So that's first and foremost, I teach every single one of my clients that that's in their, in their control. And I teach a process on how to create that for themselves. I'm actually doing a webinar, a free training next Monday. Uh, I don't know if this will be live, but on May 8th, I'll be doing a, a training and it's word of mouth to 100K where I'm actually gonna teach my process on how to create word of mouth for your business. Because to me, if you have that and you know how to do that, then like, yes, you can play around with all the platforms that come and go like remember clubhouse that was like a thing for a bit and oh like, yeah i don't even i don't know if anybody's even on there anymore it was wiped like, away i know i know right <laughs> right I know. you yeah. know then there's this uh you know supposed issue going on with tiktok again you know word of mouth you protect yourself from all of those other variables because you act that's actually in your control and then you can play on all those other platforms but you don't have to i wouldn't rely on them Exactly. I think that's so smart. I really do. And I think that just from having a studio to now having an online, we've seen that, you know, a dollar spent on marketing never produce what we get with word of mouth because there's a trust and that when people want to buy a product and they have a friend of relatives, someone telling them how much it's meant to them and how much is whatever changed their life or made them feel better. That is like, that's, there is, that's priceless. You know, that's that whole MasterCard. That is priceless. You cannot, you can't replicate that in marketing. I really, I really don't think. How do you, so how do you um, help people who are, even if they're starting off or if they've been in it for like five, 10 years and they're like feeling stale, like how to get an email um, kind of, you know, how to, how to get people's email, how to get, build their contacts? Well, So if you're looking to build your audience, um, followers, whether that's on Instagram or you're looking to build your email list, you do want to increase your visibility for sure. I think that that's um, another piece that is really important that, you know, not just going from, you know, one studio to one studio. I think that is part of how you increase your visibility. Um, Also looking for opportunities to collaborate with people. 
you know, people who are in the same industry as you or complementary industries. Um, I love podcasting. So if you like to talk, <laughs> podcasting might be a really great way to increase your visibility. I usually ask my clients um, and your audience can ask themselves, it's like, what's your strength? Are you good on video? Are you good at talking? Are you good in person? Because you want to play to your strengths because that's a very easy way for you to increase your visibility. And it's not just about getting visible. It's what you're doing in those opportunities um, that's also really important is being able to let people know how they can keep in contact with you and, and not being shy about it saying, hey, follow me here on, you know, on Instagram or, you know, if you're at a networking event, letting people know like, hey, I have this freebie and, you know, this might be really helpful to you and you can join my email list and letting it be really natural. I think people have the hangups, if you will, around like, oh, I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be gimmicky. And but the funny thing is kind of like what you were saying before with word of mouth, when somebody tells you something is so good, you like naturally want to go and like go there and experience. Like think about your favorite restaurant, right? It's like, oh my God, you have to go to this restaurant. They had like the best vegan burger ever. And you know, the the, the lattes were in me. They were coconut latte, you know, coffee latte. And it was so amazing. And like, you're like, oh my God, I got to go to this place, right? But then when you talk about yourself and the work that you're doing, you're like, I'm so-and-so, okay. And it's like, yeah. no, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. talk about how amazing you are. Talk about how amazing your, you know, your, the client result that you've gotten. Talk about how, you know, let, let the passion for the work that you're doing in this world come through. There's a, there's a clear, like, you know, they say success leaves clues, right? Well, all successful people that I know, especially in the wellness space, they are passionate about what they do and it just comes through and they are not shy about telling people how they can keep in touch with them because they know that what the work that they're doing can help them. And that's what you have to really remember is you want to grow a following, you want to grow your email list, you want to be able to, you know, have better connections with people is let them see how passionate you are and do not be afraid. Do not be shy to let them know that you can help them. Mm, I love that so much. Well, you are so passionate about what you're doing. Like how can people... Um, <laughs> work with you, Denise. I mean, like, I want to work with you. And I feel like I, I have got a lot, a, a lot of experience. But I've, I, I'm looking at people that aren't um, watching this. I'm like looking at your room. And I think it says a lot about you. Like, it's a very wow. clean, uncluttered room. I see your whiteboard. It has like color coding in the background. Yeah. <laughs> this to me, like, if I was interviewing you for a job, like I'm like, I'm going to hire her because it's just, I can tell you're passionate, but you also have it backed up by having a plan, having organization. And um, yeah, so how can people work with you? Oh, beautiful. So uh, my favorite way to work with people um, is inside my program, Soulful and Sold Out Six Figures. That's my six-month mastermind. And you can check me out on Instagram. I'm at Denise Venieri. And also my website's www.denisevenieri.com. Hopefully you'll you'll link that because my oh, last it'll name- all be linked. It'll all be linked. Great. I got a, a question. Doozy. How sure. often do you are is this um entrepreneur the the six figure one is that um ongoing or is it like start at certain points in the year? So uh it start at it starts at certain points in the year. So the next round we start on June first of, okay. of this year. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Good. So all right. It's a we'll six month container we move together. And then of course I do work with some people one on one. Um so if that's something that someone's interested in, they could always send me a DM or shoot me an email. They can find that on 
my website. And I'm a host of a podcast that Laura came on almost a year ago, Spiritual and Rich AF. And you guys definitely should listen to that podcast because it was a really good one. That was really good. That was really good. You're very good at podcasting. And you're obviously good at a lot of lot of things. And I just love that you are so passionate and just followed your heart. And yeah. and I love that you had that moment where it's like, why am I, you know, like I can like it's just it's like a growth mindset. It's just to change. Like I can decide because this is, I think, with a lot of fitness, wellness, yoga, all of these is like how even uh, PTs, you know, a lot of PTs mm-hmm. are not are leaving their jobs. Um, I did that many years ago, but that was, people would always say, are you still practicing PT? Yes, I am. I, I'm just not doing it in a clinic, but right. But it was just this, this is where you work and there's no way you could do it somewhere else. And it's like, no, you can, there's lots of opportunities, but it's that right. mindset. Like I can, and often it is a leap of faith to a degree, but, but you, you can take that leap when you have the goods, when you have the experience and the the passion and the wisdom and the resilience to know, like you said, there is going to be ups and downs, but ultimately you can be way more successful in all the ways, not just financially, but in so many other ways of growing and um, being true to who you are. So I love that you've done that so effectively. Yeah. And it's, you know, and you have more time. There's time for wellness and balance. I think so much of the way we live is like completely out of balance. And when Mm -hmm. you are an entrepreneur, like you can create that balance and you have to be mindful to keep it. Um, But yeah, there's financial time, creative freedom. And, you know, that's been really important to me. But the the most important piece of why I do what I do is because I was that person that didn't believe I could make a living from what I was really passionate about from yoga and wellness. And I spent a long time wishing and hoping and like just, if there was a way, and then there was a way, I figured it out. And I don't want one more yoga teacher thinking like, well, I can't make money. And uh, so I'll just like hump it every day at this other job when I really am passionate about this. We need more, you know, highly qualified, passionate people in this in this industry who have reverence, you know, mm-hmm. for the practice as well. And so that's my mission is to really help wellness entrepreneurs um, make a living from the work that they love and become leaders in 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 the industry as well. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your passion with us. Everybody, make sure you you check out Denise. And as always, I'm pulling for you. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. 